0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's your host, Price Wright. I'm so glad to be with you. It's a wonderful month. It's October. It's my birthday month. What a wonderful thing. I'm so glad for all of you all who have been listening. I got some great testimonies last week from those that have been listening. I want to point out, Shannon, thank you so much for taking time to view and send me a message just about how much you really enjoyed the podcast. It's a blessing to me and makes me want to continue going forward. I don't want to take any more time. This is The Welcome. It's October. We're talking about anger. We're talking about anger on this episode, and there's five points we're going to highlight Anger, rage, despair, disappointment, and self-control Throughout the stories that I'm talking about Dealing with myself and my family And how anger has tried to play a role And we're going to talk about Rachel and Jacob in the Bible We're going to give you some, some directions and guidance from the Word of God and we're really just going to dig into this. So I hope it blesses you. Maybe you're dealing with anger. Or you know somebody in your family who's dealing with, dealing with anger. I believe the statistics say about 60% of people have somebody in their family they know that's dealing with anger. Maybe this topic doesn't gel with you at all, but I pray you will stay and listen because I believe something in the word of God or something I'm saying is going to be a blessing to you. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Let's get going. So let's talk about anger. There's five points I said we're going to highlight: anger, rage, despair, disappointment, self-control. You'll hear all of those as I talk about this topic. Last week I was at Walmart, and the whole day had been full of some different different situations that just caused a buildup of like a cloud of heaviness on me and my family. We were rushing, and we we're doing a lot of things, we had a lot of events going on, it was just a lot happening, and then I could just feel all around me anger trying to creep in and build up just because of. Being frustrated and frustrated probably should have been a word that was one of the highlighted words. Frustration is something that always happens when you're dealing with anger because frustrations build up, they boil over, and then all of a sudden, anger happens and and then sin happens a lot of times if we don't have self control. But I was angry and upset. Uh, my wife was upset, and and we were having that moment where we and I kind of had to take a walk with my sons, and and she had kind of went in the room for a minute, and we just were separate. So we're having that moment already, and, and it's heavy. I head to Walmart. I go to Walmart uh, during this time uh, to pick up some things, some items that we needed for later on in the night. Even though it still was a little bit of anger in the air, and I, you know, I hadn't, we hadn't, uh, we hadn't yelled at each other or went off or anything like that. But we, you could just sense and feel the heaviness. So I get to Walmart and walking around with my son, we're having a pretty good time. Um, you know, I'm keeping my cool, control, controlling myself, um, just still making sure I'm, I'm communicating with my son. And so we do everything we need to do in the store. We get to the front. And my son grabs two gift cards. When he grabs these gift cards, they're Xbox gift cards, and he has about fifty or sixty dollars from allowances and different things he's earned. So we go to the counter. I allow him to get the gift cards, and I'm asking him, "Why are you getting two gift cards instead of just one? And why are you spending all your money?" He explains it. Uh, we we're at a surf a self serving um, s- a setup. It's a self serving place where you where you you know pay. There's not a person there really working there. So there's an automated machine, and so we put, we place the money in the machine. It takes a $50 bill for my son and the machine shuts down. Mind you, remember, we're already kind of upset. Some things are going on at home. There's a lot building up. My wife is a little upset because I was late getting home. And here we are once again, Uh, really close to about to miss a dentist appointment that my son had. And so one of the reasons the anger was there in the beginning is because we had missed a dentist appointment because I was late getting home from some events that I was doing. And and then here we are at Walmart and we're stuck at the cashier line. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to work. I had to keep my cool. We stood there for about 30 minutes, kind of communicating back and forth with the people about what happened. They felt like my son and I probably were trying to steal the money or something. That's I'm left to assume that was the case. They went and looked at video or something. It took them like thirty or forty minutes. We're standing there. I have my baby there. He has uh, he's eating a sucker and now he's all sticky and pasty and my little fifteen month yo. Know, I know he's going to blow up at any second because we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. So all this frustration is building and building. And I'm sitting there trying to control myself and I, I, I hear myself kind of lash out at my son a little bit, but I'm I'm trying to keep control because I know. You never know who's watching you, who's looking at you. So I'm, I'm trying to keep my control, and I can tell the lady at the desk, she knew that I was, I was boiling over, and she, she came up to me and said, "Hey, sir, I can just get your money out of the cash register. You guys can go." After 40 minutes of standing there, I was pretty happy about that. Uh, but that was a moment that stood out to me. I get home, and then things just kind of started going okay. I apologized to my son on the way home and told him, "Hey, man, I'm sorry for getting frustrated with you because I felt that was necessary." I knew that I needed to apologize to him because it wasn't his fault, really, that we were stuck there. It had nothing to do with him. We got our money and we headed home. And that story stuck with me. And it, it really it really stuck with me because, you know, how do we act when we're dealing with anger, angry situations, when the frustrations build up and when we want to go into despair because hope seems gone and there's disappointments because something has failed and and, and we have to have self-control. We, and, and if we don't hold those things back, then rage happens. and We get mad and we hurt. We hurt those that we love a lot of times because they're the closest people to us, and that's not that's not okay. It's not okay at all. So self-control was a huge fruit of the spirit that I had to put on display this past weekend. And I wonder, have you ever had to put self-control on full display? Did you ever have to show that in your life you have self-control dealing with a situation think about it think through something that you've been through here recently that somebody really pressed your buttons and they just tried you how do you not know that's a test that god has given you to see where you are because the tests are not for god to see they're for you to see and that day i was happy to know that i although i was angry i don't feel like i sinned i apologized to my son because i felt like i kind of boiled over and he can understand what was going on but i didn't feel like i sinned or, or did any wrong or harm but but with that said, we always have to think about how we respond to angry situations. And I thought that story was a perfect icebreaker. Now, the day ended with my wife and I on the same page. We both apologized to each other. It didn't take very long. We didn't let the sun go down on our anger. We had a great day. But I want to read the scripture, 2 Peter 1-3, which I think really talks about the self-control element and how important that is to God. So 2 Peter 1-3 in the scriptures, if you can get that, go ahead and pull that out if you can. 2 Peter 1-3 says this, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And I'm reading from the ESV version. If you're, you might be reading from the King James, so it might look a little different. Maybe reading from the international children's version or from the new King James version or from the NIV. Maybe you're reading from one of those I'm reading from the ESV. So it says, uh, second Peter one and four says, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. And then it goes on to talk about more. I thought that scripture was super important because I felt myself having to really practice self-control in that moment when these people, I felt they were doing us wrong by standing there for 30 or 40 minutes. We're in a store. I felt like we should have been gone. I I felt like we were just to be angry and upset at what was happening, but I did not feel it was okay for that to boil over and turn into rage. I didn't feel it was okay for me to just stand there and sulk in my disappointment and let my face show that I was angry and down. And even though I feel like I failed a little bit on that, I still knew I had to be controlled. You never know when you're going to see that person later. You never know if you're going to ruin your testimony by going over the deep end and by acting crazy. So we have to make sure that we're self-controlled. And it's not something you can practice if you don't practice it normally. It's like basketball. You're not going to go out and and make five jump shots in a row if you never practice. You have to practice self-control. You have to practice righteousness. So are you practicing self-control in your life? If you're having a hard time doing it, maybe it's time for you to fast from some things. Maybe it's time for you to really pray and seek God to get self-control the way you need to have it in your life. There's a story in the Bible that stood out to me as I was thinking about this topic and as I was as I was studying for this topic. And it's the study of the story of Rachel and Jacob. Rachel and Jacob were uh, pillars in, in Scripture. And, and in this quickly in this part, I'm not going to tell the whole story. You can go read it. It's Genesis 30 right around there. Jacob was angry at Rachel. Uh, because she was, she was asking, you know, where's my kid? Where's my child? And why can I, why can I have a child? Why are you not giving me a child? And and Jacob was upset and it says uh, in Genesis thirty and two, he says Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, which was his wife. His wife was asking, why haven't you given me a child? What's going on? And there's more to that story. You got to read it. Jacob's anger was kindled against his wife Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who is withheld? Who has withheld the fruit uh, from? Who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? I'm sorry, I'm gonna read that again. And he said. Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? He was upset. Even in the scripture, you see times where people were upset and they had to, they, they either they lashed out or they said something or did something. This was a situation just like that. And If you go back and you read it, you'll know more about the story. We all have those points. I had that point with my wife that day, that morning my wife was asking me something and I kind of lashed out. It wasn't right. I, I just shouldn't have done it. I didn't say anything cruel, but I kind of I kind of said something real real smart and sly and slick. We all do that sometimes. We say little slick comments and think we're going to slide about it. Well, my wife was moved by it. She was a little upset by it. I bet Rachel was a little upset at this point, even though what Jacob said was right. I'm sure Rachel kind of felt kind of slighted like, why would you say that to me? We have to be careful. See, the people we love the most tend to feel the wrath of our anger because when we're around them, We let our guards down. We're comfortable with them and we we are ourselves. So it's really important that Inside of us, there really is self-control and kindness and peace, because if it's not, it's going to come out on those that we love and we'll do things that we regret. And we shouldn't do that. It's not right. It's not OK. We need to get the self-control because the people around us should know those the, the ones closest to us should be the ones who know that we're really walking this thing and really living this thing. If the people around you don't know that you're really walking and living and and and, and expressing your faith in the Lord, then there's a problem there. So you have to make sure that you have, that you're living and walking out self-control. Here's another thing I thought of. It's another quotable. Our kids experience and remember our anger in a positive or negative way, depending on how we express the anger. I'm going to say that again. Our kids experience and remember our anger in a positive or negative way, depending on how we express the anger. My son, he, he was watching my every move. And I knew it. I thought about it. It was intentional. I knew, OK, my son is watching how I handle the situation. I know he, I'm getting upset. I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm starting to kind of lash out at him. So I knew, OK, there was a little bit of a lashing at him, even though I still was pretty controlled of myself. I didn't do anything crazy or go off or start cussing or yelling. So I knew in the car I had to be intentional about the apology because our kids are going to remember that. Maybe you don't have a child of your own, but you have nieces and nephews or you, you have somebody around you who's younger than you just watching you. How do you express yourself? Expressing yourself, you know, uh, sinning when you're angry and going off and cursing people and saying, doing all kinds of nonsense and hitting people—that's the wrong response. And people are going to remember that, especially your kids. The final quotable was this: "To discipline your children when you're angry never seems to have a positive result. You should never discipline your children when you're angry." That's what I'm from, and, and I'm not, and I'm not a child psychiatrist. I'm, I'm, I don't have a degree in that. I don't have, so I'm giving you my opinion, in my personal opinion, I don't think you should ever. Uh, discipline a child when you're upset or angry. Not by discipline, I'm not talking about necessarily spanking or whip. I'm talking about whatever discipline methods you utilize in your home. You shouldn't do it when you're angry. You should take time to calm down, think about it, and then, uh, you know, do discipline. And discipline is something that's positive, um, but you need to make sure you're not angry when you're doing it. And the lessons learned from this are, you know, when we're angry, but we don't sin, we represent ourselves well and we represent God well. That's some of the lessons that come out of this. And having self-control to stay calm under the pressure of stress and anger is a sign of spiritual maturity. And if you're mature, then you're going to be calm. You're going to, you're, going to, you're going to hold yourself. You're going to be self-controlled. You're going to think about what you're doing before you're doing it. You're going to be very intentional about all that. And that doesn't mean that we have to be fake or ignore problems and situations. But it means that we will think before we speak. We, and, and even when we're handling complicated situations, we're going to handle them with grace even when we're being direct with somebody, I see I, I'm a very direct person. And I think it's OK for you to be direct when you need to be. Even the Bible doesn't say anything about not being direct. Yes, if you're upset and you you have something going on, you should tell somebody about it. You should open your mouth. You don't have to be fake, but you should be intentional about being calm and having self-control. Here are the directions from God. This is what this is the direction that 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 these come from God's word. And it's Ephesians 4 and 31. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32 says this, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that's from Ephesians 4 and 32. I want you to go back and listen to that. I'm not going to read it again. If you need to hear that, that's the direction from God's word. So you're saying, well, it's okay if I get angry and go off. Well, go back and read that and get some self-control in your life. So God has given us direction on what we need to do, what we have to do. With our anger, the question becomes, are we willing to obey what God says about what to do with our anger in his word to believe what God has said and to follow what God has said? We must believe the word that God has given to the apostles and the prophets. You know, God's going to hold us accountable for our obedience to what he's already said. And we can try to look for a new fresh word from God. But the words of life are renewed every single day in the word of God from the apostles and the prophets and from the son of God himself who was. His words and his actions were written down by the apostles who were a pillar of the church. So we have to make sure we're renewed in that word every day and keep a focus on what he has already said and do what he's already said. We can't let the seed that God has given us fall on bad soil or be taken away from the enemy. I was talking to a good friend of mine and I was, and I was telling her, I was saying, hey, you got to make sure that when God gives you a word from someone, when God speaks through another believer and shares some things in your life, you don't want to let that word fall on bad soil. You want to make sure that you take the word in your heart and you make sure you go forward in obedience because if not, uh, you're like a, the Bible says you're like a person that's looking in the mirror. You're like a person that's looking in the mirror, but then immediately you forget what you look like. You turn around, you forget what you look like in that mirror. And and that's probably not the best example, but you got to make sure you get the word in your heart on good soil and you go forward with power and you allow God to change you and transform you. Here's the stats for anger. And you can find these at webangermanagement.com, webangermanagement.com. Dot com, There's a few stats that I found that are very important. Uh, these key statistics from the anger report are this. 64% say the world is becoming an angrier place. Look around you. Think about it. Watch TV and the movies and different things like that when you're around people. Have you noticed that? 64% of people say that the world is becoming an angry. Maybe it's because it's magnified on social media. Social media maybe magnifies that. Almost a third of people polled, 32%, say they have a close friend or family member who has a trouble controlling their anger. So somebody in their family, 32% of people say there's somebody who has trouble controlling their anger. How do you help them? And maybe not help them, how do you be a light to that person? Maybe without sparking the anger in their life. You got to think through that intentionally because if you're listening to this episode, there's a good chance you're the one that's going to be the one to be a light to them and a help to them. So how do you do that intentionally? More than one in 10, 12% say they have trouble controlling their own anger. That's not a lot of people. 12% is not a lot, but that's 12%. And we don't want to be one of the 12%. So we want to make sure we have self-control. And then finally, more than than one in four people, 28%, say that they worry about how angry they sometimes feel. I was one of that 20%, uh 28% on Saturday when I was with my son at Walmart. I was I was a little worried about how I was feeling in my anger. I, I felt it bubbling and boiling. We have to be careful with that. And so let's define a few of these topics and we're almost done. The five topics were this anger, rage, despair, disappointment, and finally the last one was self-control. Anger. We've already talked about rage is violent, uncontrollable anger. It turns into abuse a lot of times with children or with your wife and or, or, you know, with yourself. Even, you know, we don't want to be enraged and be this uh, King Kong monster when we when we get upset because then we fall into sin. And that's exactly what the Bible told us not to do. It says be angry, but do not sin. How do you do that? There's a fine balance and a fine line. We walk with that despair, the complete loss or absence of hope. That can be a great cause of anger when you feel hopeless and you feel like there's there's nothing you can do about a situation that can cause you to get angry. So what around you is causing despair moments and causing you to have those moments where you feel like, you know, you don't have any hope. We have to find a remedy to that. The remedy to that that I know of is in my faith in Christ Jesus and the the words of the apostles and the prophets as I I read them, as I pray, the Holy Spirit of God moving on my life and keeping me from getting into places of despair. And even when I feel like despair is trying to come around me and hopelessness is trying to come around me, I'm able to reach out to my circle, my connection of people that I trust, my brothers and sisters, especially, specifically, my brothers that I build with on a regular basis and talk to them and share with them the, 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 the things that I feel. You gotta have people around you that you can trust in your circle. Do you have somebody around you that you can trust with something? Are you have? Do you have a church family, a church home where you're able to share things with your brothers and sisters there at the church? I'm not telling you to leave that church or telling you you're with the wrong church. I'm saying maybe you need to be more intentional about what you're doing at that local body. If you're at a place now and you're feeling outcast and like nobody's around, have you reached out to try to change that scenario? Have, if that's on your heart, have you been the one to try to say, hey, I'm gonna connect with someone. I need to connect with someone. Maybe it's time that you do that and become a person that can be trusted. And then you maybe will find other people that you can trust also. I'm almost done. Disappointment is the feeling of of dissatisfaction that follows the failure of expectations or hopes to manifest. And disappointment all the time causes us to be angry. I was disappointed with the service that I was getting at Walmart. Of course, I was getting angry. Uh, Rachel was disappointed with Jacob because she felt like he wasn't giving her a kid, and he told her, "Hey, it's not it's not up to me. I'm not God." So disappointment can cause us to get angry, obviously. And then self control. Finally, the ability to control one's self, in particular, one's emotions and desires, or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. As I said before. I was in a tough situation. I'm sure you've been in plenty of tough situations in your life and how you handle those situations is going to speak volumes to your family, your friends and those around you. And God wants us to set a good example and God wants us to have a great testimony, even in ourselves, and pass the test when we're tempted to be angry. So here's some things to think about. What times have you been angry and sinned? How do angry reactions damage our testimony? How are you angry Um, Or how are your angry outbursts affecting your family? So how are your angry outbursts affecting your family? Do you notice when you're about to get angry? And what can you do to stop it? Finally, what is God speaking to you about your anger? So here's some of the things we went over. Once again, my personal story of anger at Walmart, me and my wife, what we was going through. We talked about Jacob. We talked about Rachel in the Bible and how they had some anger situations and how they dealt with it. We talked about self-control in scripture in 1 Peter or 2 Peter, where it talks about uh, those scriptures. If you want to go back and listen to that, you can read that whole thing for yourself. It will bless you. Uh, We talked about how anger can affect or effect your family. That's A-R-E, affect or affect your family. It can affect you inside. It can affect you outside depending on your actions, whether you're enraged. We had five descriptive words surrounding anger. Uh, you can go back and listen to those as well. And then we gave directions from God and his word. And finally, the last thing altogether is a word that I kind of created. And this word is kind of actually hard to say. I created it. it's, uh It's like this, It's like disciples, but it's the discipleative application, discipleative a- application. I'm sure if you look it up, you won't even find that word. That's how, what, how should you, a disciple of Christ, handle information or share with someone that you are discipling. And that's what it's all about, um, sharing with someone that you're bringing up in Christ, someone that is following you, someone that you can trust. I talked about people that you, you can trust. If you have somebody you can trust and that you, uh, when you are going through despair or disappointments and you're reaching out to them and you're keeping yourself and getting angry, I say, hey, I got to share this with somebody because my anger, my frustration is building up. If you have that person, then how are you sharing this type of information with them to help them overcome their anger or you know how how are you building up someone that's coming under you a peer or a follower somebody that you are helping to grow in christ maybe it's a family member maybe it's a friend but i guarantee you it's somebody that you can trust so make sure that you're applying these things that we're talking about on this episode all right well that's just about it i hope you've enjoyed and uh I'll see you again on the next episode. This is Let's Talk About Anger with your host Price Wright. This is Love Unlocked Radio. You can find me at Facebook or Instagram, even Twitter. You can find me at Price the Second or Love Unlocked Radio. Have a wonderful, productive, and intentional day in our Lord. I'll catch you next time.